So this year we've been in a series on learning how to receive and learning to receive. After kicking off this series um, with this initial idea that we have to have determination when we want to receive. And so we talked about the determination of wanting to receive from the Lord. And then we looked at topics on learning to receive things like hope. We talked about learning to receive love, mercy, wisdom, forgiveness. And then last week, Kendra talked about learning how to receive rest, which is very time appropriate. And today I'd like us to explore the idea of receiving peace. During Advent last year, we looked at peace from the perspective of Joseph's story. Uh, Joseph was Jesus's adopted dad, and he received peace while coming to grips with this new reality that his fiancée was made to be pregnant on a trip she was on, and when she came back, she was carrying baby. And we have this whole uh, scenario talked about in uh, Matthew chapter 1 with Joseph and Luke chapter 1 with Mary, where they allowed God to come into their lives uh, in a new way for that season and fill them with peace in the middle of what was a pretty crazy situation. If you imagine having to, in that time and day, go back to your little community and uh, if you're married, you're pregnant before um, you're married. And if you're Joseph, you've got uh, a wife that uh, you swear you haven't had relations with, but she's carrying a baby. And so there's an element of peace that you can read about if you look in those two chapters, Luke 1 and Matthew 1. Today, I would like to use a stage in David's life as our context for peace. David is a historical figure that's written about throughout Scripture. He was born, uh, many feel, sometime around 1035 B.C., he was born in Bethlehem, which is cool. It's the same town that Jesus was eventually going to be born in. And David is in the same fam, uh, family line as Joseph, Jesus' adopted dad, his earthly father. And he's often referred to as King David because he ended up becoming anointed and installed as the second king of Israel after Saul. But before that, he was known as a shepherd, and uh, got an example of a young guy here uh, leading sheep around. He was also a bold warrior. We have a story of him um, coming into a battle scene, and uh, he saw that the rest of the soldiers uh, were afraid, and he, with the peace of God and the boldness of God, took on Goliath. And it's a cool story that you can read about in the Old Testament. He was also known, though, as a bold worshiper. And we see examples of him worshiping to drive away anxiety and fear and uh, even demonic oppression in different cases with his instrumentation, with his worshipful spirit. And so we're going to look at a song, since David was a minstrel, a songwriter, a poet, that was likely written during a time in his life where, catch this, he was isolated he was lacking all the regular resources and rhythms of life that he was accustomed to, and something was trying to kill him. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I know it's a little dramatic, maybe to some, but 
In this case, it wasn't something as much as someone. For David, it was Saul. And in this season of his life, I think he was experiencing some things that we are experiencing to different levels. Um, Some folks around the world are experiencing maybe things that are very similar. So I believe that much of our approach in life is related to perspective. And I'll admit that my personal world has not been shaken yet uh, in significant ways, which I'm grateful for. Missed a couple of vacations, um, having to figure out how to do work and school and home life a little differently. But that's not the case for everybody. There are some people who've been affected greatly the last uh, few months. And there's people who have unexpectedly lost loved ones. There's people who are losing jobs, a ton of folks who are either unemployed right now or are afraid they might become unemployed. Many folks are disconnected from the community that brings them life. And if you just watch any news on your smartphone or on TV for 10 minutes, a lot of folks are living with a real level of fear a real level of uncertainty and anxiety that is affecting them in a negative way. Uh, It's not not helpful. It's not giving them life. And so my question for us today is, what does God say about this? How is the Holy Spirit present with us in this season? Can we receive peace today? These are a few questions I want to unpack, and I want to look at this song of David And so you can pull up Psalm 27, uh, do it on your device or your paper Bible, open it to Psalm chapter 27, and we're going to look at this uh, chapter together as we think about peace. I'll go ahead and read uh, for us starting in verse 1. Scripture uh, in the New Living Translation says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why would I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, David says, I will remain confident. So, what does God say to us today through David's poetic testimony, I think that God is telling us that he is near, that he is involved. I think God is telling us that he is with us. I personally love David's layers here, uh, coming right out of the gate with this declaration that God is his salvation. So why be afraid? The context of all of David's hope The reason that he could be at peace is because he recognized God as his source. We have to acknowledge that that's the context that he was coming from. He calls God his light, his salvation, his fortress. And I think that God is knocking on our hearts today. He's knocking on the hearts of people throughout the world and he is offering us this same perspective, this same life, of peace that David was operating in if we place him at the center. In David's day, that was demonstrated through things like sacrifice and by adhering to the law. That's how 
uh, Israelite in that day or a follower of God would demonstrate that they held God at the center, the most important place in their life. But today, we receive salvation and the gift of peace by saying yes to Jesus, acknowledging that we can't do this on our own, this being everything, what's going on now, our lives up to this point. Uh, We need a Savior, acknowledging that Jesus is King of our life. There are folks in this world trying to find peace without Jesus. What I find more often than not is this approach, this kind of self-centered effort, it may work for a season. People may experience some result that they were hoping for, but lasting peace that's meaningful in the hardest times, I believe, can only operate in our lives when Jesus Christ is living in us, which is what happens when we accept him as our Savior. There's a scripture that we looked at last year that I want to remind us about again in Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 6. And it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Just a cool example about the way that Jesus comes as a peacemaker into our lives and allows us to experience something that is miraculous. Let's continue in Psalm 27 as David testifies about living with peace in a part of his life that was filled with storm and trial. We move on into verse 4. Psalm 27 says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Verse 6, Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God, of my salvation. In verse 10, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. David paints, I think, a very realistic picture of moving through this crazy life with God's miraculous peace, allowing him to not be consumed by fear. And if you read more of David's story, you'll see that there are many moments in time where he could have succumbed to fear. But again and again, we see him turning his attention to God and receiving peace. I think his statement in verse 10 also is helpful in reminding us what place 
anything else or anyone else other than God should take in our life. And that is second place or lower. God has created us, of course, to thrive in community, to enjoy family and friends, but never once in Scripture does He tell us to place our faith in any of those people, even the people that we love the most. That is not where our help comes from. We won't find lasting peace in any earthly relationship. Not with a spouse, not with a parent, not with your closest friend. I mean, if you do have people of faith in your life that encourage you, you're super blessed, you should feel super grateful. But don't look to them as your source for peace. You may even need to repent, which basically means to change your thinking today about who maybe you are leaning on or going to to try and receive peace that Jesus is offering you today. Let's read this last section of Psalm 27. In verse 11, David continues and he says, Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done, and every breath they threaten me with is violent. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And although I've looked, words like COVID-19 or coronavirus are not in the Bible, I do feel like the way God's people should be living during this time is definitely in Scripture. David invites God in Psalm 27 to teach him how to live. So concepts like praying for our leaders, sharing with our neighbor, taking care of the poor, going the extra mile, being a good steward, all of that stuff is in the Bible. And that's just some of the ways that we are called to live when we do, we experience peace. When we follow in the way of God, we experience peace. We're also called, I believe, to hold the tension of being, on the one side, confident that God's goodness is here and is coming, but we also are called to wait patiently, which is tough. Sometimes what we want to experience is God's goodness and the way that we define it right away. But David paints an accurate picture of our faith expressed in the world today, which is we hope and we wait, and we trust that God is going to bring it all together. As we wrap up, I want you to understand from my perspective that the Holy Spirit is present in this season for things like wisdom, for comfort, and maybe even for correction. I think we need to press into reading our Bibles, taking uh, extra time for prayer, and really, most of all, determining today that Jesus, who, if you have declared Him as your Savior, is living in you and is here to bring you peace for this season. I do think that 
it's important to, to just invite those of you that maybe do not have Jesus at the center of your life. Maybe you've not come to him and invited him to be Lord, to be king. He is ready today to bring you peace. Uh, all you need to do is just ask him to come into your life, to be Lord, and to begin to put you on a new path. And as you do that, I think you'll find peace coming into your life in ways that you've not even experienced before. We're going to take an opportunity to receive communion together, and so I'm going to invite Kendra up and hand her the mic. If you have elements, then um, you're welcome to grab them at this moment and, uh, and participate. Well, just as I was thinking about um, communion for today, um, the scripture Isaiah 53, 5 came to mind, and it says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And, of course, this is the, the prophet Isaiah um, prophesying about Jesus. And so, you know, for me, just in thinking about um, coronavirus, COVID-19, um, Jesus already died for this illness. He's already died. He will bring healing. It is coming. I'm sure there are already stories out there that we just haven't heard where people have been healed. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to kind of keep that in mind as we take communion today that Jesus' body was broken, his blood was poured out already for the sins we've committed, the sins we will commit, for the sicknesses we've had, for the sicknesses we will have, and um, that, that he's, he's already done it. So healing will come. It is coming. It will come. It is promised. So let's just take a cracker. Mm -hmm. And juice. Thank you. <laughs> here, let me put it down here. The tech team is. Okay. Tech team's in their PJs. All right, you'll get your guys's after we're done. All right. So, Lord, we just. We take communion today, and we are reminded, Lord, of your sacrifice, of your body that was broken for us, and your blood that was poured out for us. And we take this communion today to remind ourselves of what you have done and what you will do, and that the promises that are in the Word of God, and the promises that we stand on because of our faith in you. So go ahead and take your communion. As you're sitting at home, um, assuming most of you are on your couch, just close your eyes. You might even want to um, get in a posture that's receptive. Sometimes we raise our hands, but even just closing our eyes kind of settles us down, and I want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, we're grateful that you are present right in our home, right in the 
exact place that maybe we've felt we've been stuck in or trapped in or we're not enjoying, you are present in that place. Jesus, you in us, we need your peace. We acknowledge that you are our peace, that we can't get that uh, in any other way that transforms our lives and pushes back fear and changes the atmosphere. But, but you do. We thank you. Holy Spirit, today we receive peace. Would you come uh, into the very specific place uh, in every person's life uh, that uh, needs a, a sense of peace, that needs to have their mind renewed and their countenance raised up and hope uh, restored, perspective raised. We trust you to do that. And just where you're at, you can thank the Holy Spirit. You can be grateful uh, as that begins to change and, and maybe you begin to experience that. And then we commit today, Lord, to be people of peace, that wherever we encounter folks or situations that are highly anxious, that are afraid, that are scared, that we would be, as your ambassadors, ministers of peace, where we can bring that peace, that we would pray as we go, that we would see as we go, and where we have the opportunity to share, that we would share as we go about your goodness, your good news, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, you are strong and mighty in this time. We look forward to what you are doing in our church, in our lives, and, and the rest of the folks uh, in our community. Mm -hmm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.